Welcome to the Period Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Donovan, registered dietitian and period recovery expert who has been where you currently are. This is the podcast to listen to if you want your period back month after month or if you want to restore your fertility and feel more relaxed around food and exercise. Consider this your safe space that will take the guests and the stress out of period recovery and bring you the information, the inspiration, tools, stories, and empowerment that are key in getting your period back month after month. Get ready to be inspired, get ready to get your period back, and get ready to get your life back. Come on, let's dive in. Oh, and real quick, before we get to the show, I want to personally invite you to apply now to the Eat to Regain Your Period group coaching or the Eat to Maintain Your Period group coaching. These two programs will help you take the guess and stress out of period recovery or period maintenance. These are the go-to programs to get your period back twice as quick as doing period recovery alone, restore your fertility, and if you've already got your period back, help you maintain your period for life. If you're listening to this podcast, it tells me you connect to one of these groups. Once in the program, you get a personalized, structured plan with food and exercise recommendations to get your period back, restore your fertility, and maintain it for life. To learn more and apply for the next group coaching program, head over to periodnutrition.com backslash programs dash overview. Welcome back to the Period Recovery Podcast, and today I'm going to be doing a solo episode, and this solo episode is pretty near and dear to my heart. The topic is something that many of my clients struggle with, and I know that you likely are struggling with too. How do we cope with feeling unproductive, unhealthy, lazy, all the mean terms when we're taking a break from exercise to actually better our health. Okay, so let's do a little background on this. We have been taught somewhere down the line that eating super healthy, exercising every day is something that you should be doing. I know for me, I would look at anyone that wasn't eating quote unquote healthy and exercising most days, like, what's wrong with you? Like, you should be exercising. Anyways, so there's many factors of why we believe that, you know, exercise is healthy. And it is. It's something that is good for you. Don't get me wrong with that. Um, But if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely suffering from a missing period. And exercise in certain forms is not healthy for you right now. So anyways, back to, you know, the backstory, we have all of these beliefs in our head about what is health, what is not health, how much you should exercise, how many steps a day you should take, and that exercise should be a part of your daily routine. And for most of us, it is or it has been. And you're either at a point where, okay, I know I need to reduce exercise or cut it out, or I am doing it, but I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I do do it, what I'm going to feel like, or you're maybe in this place of I'm here and I do not know how to cope with this. And you've either stayed stuck driving yourself crazy or you said the heck with this. It feels much easier to continue to exercise. So let's talk today about how to cope with feeling unproductive when you are taking a break from your usual intense exercise. 
And so rethinking exercise is one of the core things that you need to address during period recovery. Your body is under a lot of stress right now. Therefore, it has shut down your sex hormones and likely increased your stress hormones like cortisol. And believe it or not, when you exercise at an intense rate, which is your heart rate getting above 100 beats per minute, your body is perceiving that as stress. And even though you're, after you get done having a nice sweat, you're like, damn, I feel good. Your body is like, whoa, I was just literally running from a bear. And I know that sounds so silly, right? But your body is in low energy availability mode and your stress hormones are increased, your sex hormones are decreased, and any type of perceived stress of your heart rate getting up, your body is looking at it like a threat. You're not able to maybe feel that, but that is what's happening, and that's why it's so important. Because if you continue to do this intense exercise, even if you are eating enough, your body is likely going to still perceive this as stress, sending signals to the brain like it is not safe around here to turn my sex hormones back on. With that being said, if you continue to not address your relationship with exercise and really with stress, because I know a lot of you, I can tell you I did this too. I used exercise as a form of stress relief. Actually, it was my only form of stress relief. I had a long day. I had a bad day. I'd exercise. I had a good day. I exercised. Like I was taught somewhere down the line, whether it be school, upbringing, media, that um, exercise is great to do for stress relief. And you've probably heard this from your doctor before at some point, or your doctor has encouraged you to continue exercising when you went to your OB for your missing period. That is, we don't want to do that. Even if our doctor says it's okay, you know, they have also been taught to somewhere down the line that exercise is good and it can be used as a form of stress relief, but it can't be the only form of stress relief and it can't be used as a form of stress relief in period recovery. And now if you're like, I had a long day, I'm going to go do some gentle yoga. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. You know, it's really important that we uh, address our exercise patterns, our whys behind our exercise. And really in reality, taking a break from working out for a period of time doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you unproductive. It doesn't make you lazy. It doesn't make you unhealthy. It's just a really hard mental hurdle to overcome because we are just so used to it. And so, you know, it's really important if you are struggling a lot to reduce your exercise or you have reduced it, you're still not getting your period, getting support in whatever context that means for you is really, really, really beneficial. Okay. So let's talk first, our first topic of really redefining the unproductivity of not exercising or feeling lazy is to first think about what does health mean to you? So what does it mean? Take a second, think about it. I can tell you what health used to mean to me was eating, quote unquote, healthy, lots of vegetables, 80-20 rule. You're eating healthy 80% of the time, 20%. You allow yourself to cheat 
it was going to the gym every day. It was being the most productive person I could at work, you know, never resting, never sitting down, always go, go, doing, doing. And so that's what, you know, health, oh, along with a calorie level of 1,500 <laughs> calories, I, you know, thought that was, and I giggle now because, you know, I was taught in college, your body is a calculation. Your body is not a calculation. 1,500 calories, I was eating and exercising every day. I wasn't losing any weight, which again, I was taught that calories in, you know, and then calories out, you lose weight. And I'm like, well, I must be eating enough. No. My body was just holding on to everything it could because I wasn't eating enough and I was moving too much. That was what health meant to me. And your definition might be similar right now, but let's talk about redefining it for a moment. You have learned a lot over the years, lots of damaging messages of what health should be from maybe your parents, from doctors, from social media, from school. And so now it's time to redefine what health is to you. And really think about this for a second, because if you're one of those people that are caught up in exercising every day, really um, avoiding social situations because you got to go to the gym, or you are avoiding social situations because of food, you know, looking at menus ahead of time because you're too scared, you know, to go there blinded with not knowing what's going to eat, if you're constantly weighing yourself. So there's, I can go on and on and on, but all these things, which might be normalized behavior in our culture are anything but normal and anything but healthy. You know, uh, I'll use an example of a healthy definition from a client of mine. And she said that her definition of health now means, well, of course, getting a regular menstrual cycle, a healthy one, ovulatory one, and being able to eat without questioning herself or wondering if it's too much, if it's not enough, just pretty much eating and moving on. Her definition also includes being able to exercise on a regular basis but never forcing herself to exercise if she doesn't want to or is too tired. And also the ability to work on her mental health through therapy, through meditation. And last but not least, making more time for herself to rest and letting herself have unconditional permission to rest instead of accomplishing her to-do list all the time. So that's just one example. So you might want to take some time, maybe pause this podcast and write down, you know, what health means to you because what it meant to you has likely ended you up with a missing period. So another thing to consider is if at this point you always used exercise to burn your food off or to earn your food, that's again something that is normalized but is not normal at all. And if we continue to view exercise as a form of punishment or a form of earning food, we're going to end up in the same boat. So could we let go for the need of perfection, because I know we're all perfectionists, and begin to think of health as something that is an enjoyable way of life, where nourishing your body and mind so you can be your happiest self and just be your most relaxed self and 
you know, this is just a much more accurate reflection of what health and productivity truly looks like. Because you can, all these things, like you're resting, maybe you're doing other things rather than exercising all the time, that is still productive. You doing period recovery is productive. So it doesn't always have to be tangibleness. It doesn't have to be crossing things off a list. It doesn't mean eating perfectly for period recovery or exercising perfectly for period recovery. It's just really important to let go for that that need of perfectionism, which ultimately, along with other behaviors, led us to a missing period. So think about that. Redefine what health means to you. Write it down somewhere where you can see it. So the next topic of, you know, really trying to cope with feeling unproductive is to develop some coping strategies. Many of us, myself included, have had exercise as our coping mechanism. Like, if it's hard, you know, go go to the gym, sweat it off. And really, what's happening when we do that each time, yeah, we're getting a nice endorphin rush and we're feeling good after it. But the problem, the reason why we were working out in the first place, whether it be we hate our job or you know, our our mom is really pressuring us to lose weight for our wedding, whatever it may be. Those problems are still going to be there. And it really becomes harder and harder when we rely on exercise as our coping mechanism over time, because then it's just going to be harder to pull ourselves out and really try to figure out what it is that could really serve us to overcome our anxiety or our problems with specific things. Have you ever felt like the productivity or or success of your day is determined by your workout? <laughs> I know that was for me. And I know also too, if I did like a gentle yoga workout, that didn't count. If I didn't sweat, that didn't count. So you're not alone if you're feeling that way. But your workout routine doesn't define you. And I don't know if it was a Peloton workout I was listening to or or what it was, but it's like, you know, you hear these trainers like, don't give up. Like, you're tough. You can do this. You know, this is hard, but you can do it. Like, no, that isn't the hard stuff. That is the easy stuff. The hard stuff is saying like, I'm not going to use exercise to cover up what I'm really struggling with and facing that problem head on. That is the real stuff going to therapy talking about. That is, you know, maybe for some of us over time, it becomes easier, but that's the hard stuff. And so finding other ways to cope with challenging emotions is going to allow you to take pressure off your workouts as well. So, you know, great ideas to consider are journaling. Um, I'm a huge fan of journaling. I am guilty saying that I don't do as often as I should, but maybe this podcast talking about it will serve as a reminder for me. It doesn't have to be a daily practice. We don't want to put, again, the perfectionist in the need to do every day, but it could be daily. It could be just as you need it. Uh, Meditation is another great thing, guided 
meditation, if you're like, I cannot sit there and just like turn off my mind, guided meditation might be something that is much more beneficial for you. Any kind of breathing work, um, things that are really going to center you and help you move through challenges. And I am always a fan of talking. And I don't mean just talking to your sister or your mom, but talking to someone who is unbiased, like a therapist. But I do want to say be careful with that because there are some therapists out there that are weight-centric, meaning weight-focused, and they may say, oh, you're not exercising as much or at all. Like that can't be good for you when they have no idea of what HA is. Be choosy with your therapist for sure. Another thing I want to talk about is fighting the thoughts because you likely constantly have these thoughts in your head like, should I eat this? Should I move more? Should I walk? My Apple Watch just said this. And like all these things, you might see your best friends going to the gym every day and you can't or your group of mom friends and you're like, I can't do that hip workout. You know, don't succumb to those thoughts. Choose to focus on the reason why you are taking a temporary break from exercise because this isn't forever. If you want it to be forever, it can be forever. I had many clients that go back to their their usual exercise, like marathon running, rock climbing. And then I've had others saying like, the hell with this. Like, I tortured myself for too long. I don't want to go back to intense exercise. Yeah. So really thinking, what is your why behind putting this pause on exercise or break? an exercise. What is your why? Is it just to get a period? And yes, you want your period, but dig deeper. Why? Do you want to restore your fertility? Do you want to not worry about getting your period every month? Do you want to feel more free around food, around exercise? What is your why? So think about that. Maybe take a pause in this podcast, write down your why, and go back to that thing or things that is your why when things get crazy. And I'm not saying disregard the thoughts entirely, like, oh, I want to go exercise. Okay, shut down thought. No, acknowledge that, okay, at one point in my life, this was something that really served me and that I enjoy doing and I still enjoy and I will get back to one day. But right now, this is my why. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm taking the break. And so... This leads us into, all right, Cynthia, well, after listening to most of this podcast, this has given me the motivation to decrease, eliminate, temporarily cut out my exercise. But now I have hours upon hours on my plate with, I don't even know what to do because I never had any time to do anything else other than exercise and eat healthy and go to work. So this is where it gets fun, but also could be getting a little bit scary because for the past X amount of years, this is all we've done. We don't know any different. So now it's time to explore and don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. So, but you really want to think about what can you fill your extra time with that is going to make you happy. That's going to bring you a smile on your face. That's going to bring you joy. And again, you might say, well, I don't know. Exercise brings me joy. I love going to the gym and then going out to coffee with my friends later, whatever it may be. So 
we can't go there right now. We can't have exercise be our only form of joy. So let's think for a second. What are some hobbies that you enjoyed? And if you're like, nope, still can't think of anything, Cynthia. All right, what are some things you'd like to do as a child? Did you like to bake with your mom? Did you like to cook? Did you like reading books? Did you like watching TV? Did you like going to the candy store and picking out your your favorite old school candy? Do you like to relax when you give yourself the permission? Do you like to go to the spa? Do you like massages? Do you like pedicures? What about a friend? I know for me, I lost touch with a lot of important friends of mine because those particular friends didn't work out. And so I connected with old friends. I went for coffee with them. I went for walks, did other things like the paint and sip thing. So I thought of a lot of other things to do. And it didn't happen overnight. I wasn't like, oh, here's my to-do list of all these you know, extra things that I'm going to do that put a smile on my face. No, it didn't happen right away. But I started exploring. And you might want to do a trial and error and be like, all right, well, I used to like reading, but I can't seem to sit still or I can't find you know, a topic that I'm really into. So explore some things that you like to read. Also be careful. I know recovery and listening to stories likely brings you joy and motivation, but I'm talking fill your extra time with things that are not recovery related that bring you joy. And so think of those things. Maybe write some ideas down. You can always Google self-care ideas, um, things to do to have fun. You know, the opportunities are really, really limitless. And so last and certainly not least, which I think all of these tips that I gave you today are extremely important, but the support component in missing period hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery is huge. Because if you think about it, the entire world is doing the opposite, which makes more questions come in, more doubts, more guessing, like, is this you know, even healthy? Is this going to work for me? So getting support in whatever context that means for you. But I can tell you that, you know, my clients particularly will say, you know, I loved being in your course, you know, and learning all about, you know, missing periods. But the big thing was connecting with others that are struggling with the same exact thing. and. All of them have support of partners or support of family members, really. But that support is a little bit different than having the support and reassurance from others that are going through the same exact thing. You feel heard. You feel normal. You feel like, wow, she did it. I can do it. So, you know, if you're not sure you can do it alone, you could ask a family or you know, a friend to check in with you. But after a little bit of time and you're not seeing yourself progress in period recovery, you might want to think about working with a healthcare professional to understand why you're feeling the way you do. And also if you're struggling in regaining your period, working with a dietitian or other professional that has experience in HA to really guide you and support you along the way. 
So, and I want to say like, I know all of us are perfectionists at heart, but my friends, don't be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help does not in any way make you not as strong or less of a person. Seeking support actually shows how much strength, bravery, and and determination that you really have. And you don't have to do this alone. So with all that being said, I hope you guys found this episode very helpful. And I give you the permission to rest. Now, I want you to give you the permission to rest. Resting, developing alternate coping strategies, redefining what health really means to you, acknowledging and fighting your thoughts and filling your extra time with other things that bring you joy and ultimately reaching out for support if you need it is going to help you not only feel better in the moment, but it's going to help you feel better for many days, months, and years to come. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to think and reflect on how this could be helpful in your period recovery journey. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Period Recovery Podcast. We know there are a lot of pods out there and I'm so excited and grateful you are here listening with me. If you need more support on your period recovery journey, schedule a time to chat with me on my website, periodnutritionist.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please help me spread awareness on missing periods by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with others. Are you ready to get your period back and your life back? I'll see you in two weeks.